You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome to another Three Maw Pod bonus edition. I'm your host, Cole Manbeck, joined as always by former K-State wide receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton. Uh, we're here to talk about, kind of assess the the Big 12 outlook and overall picture of what we're seeing in the league through through five weeks now. We, uh, we all had the opportunity to kind of digest football, hopefully, over this last weekend. I think Curry and I probably... Had more of an opportunity to do so and, and watched a lot of Big 12 football, watched a lot of football across the country, which was uh, just kind of nice to do. We were just talking off air, Curry, that uh, it was nice to have a stress-free weekend just enjoying the beauty of college football and not worrying about the outcome of a Kansas State football game. So true, so true. Um, I, I, I obviously, you know, miss the weekends where the Cats play, but man, there's something to be said about sitting on your couch and not, you know, not, not, not having your day basically hinge on the outcome of, of every play or, or every yeah. of the game itself. So yeah, big, big weekend to relax. And, and hopefully uh, we all have an opportunity to enjoy another college football Saturday relaxed with a positive outcome on Friday night. One of the unique things here is Kansas state playing a Friday night game at Oklahoma state. And if Kansas state can win that game, we, we all can, sleep well that night and uh wake up saturday watch red river rivalry watch uh watch all the college football games and the great slate of action uh stress-free and k-state being 2-0 and and big 12 but we'll we'll get into the oklahoma state game here in just a little bit and kind of give our thoughts and preview that that game down in stillwater but first uh as always we want to remind our listeners about holiday distillery 360 vodka our generous supporters on the pod. So again, get out to Holiday Distillery, pick up some Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon or 360 vodka. Support them as they support us. And I can speak, as I've said many times before, the Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon is a favorite of mine. It's a favorite of my neighbors who are big bourbon drinkers as well. Uh, always hitting me up for some uh, Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon. So get on out, support them, stock up for your tailgate here for future K-State football home games or just stock up as you uh, watch some college football at home. And uh, also want to remind folks that uh, we didn't have on our regular Three Ma channel today um, on KCSN a podcast because there was no game to recap. So our standard post-game show was not available or out there. But we did have on our Patreon page, our Three Ma Patreon page, about an hour episode kind of uh, talking through the Big 12 picture, a kind of bonus content for all of you that are subscribed. Um, we we talked kind of power ranked the Big 12 and the 14 teams and what we saw this last weekend, what we've seen through five weeks of Big 12 play and talk about where K-State kind of sits in the big picture. So check it out, patreon.com slash three maw for just five bucks a month. You can get a ton of bonus content. We're typically dropping a couple of different episodes a day, plus some inside information that we post on there through our Discord channel, um, some video updates as well where we drop some inside information on there. But on Discord, we also do that and uh, get you guys some game day updates and you can engage directly with us. So patreon.com slash three mall. Curry, uh, let's first just remind folks about the uh, the golf tournament that's coming up on October 19th. We're less than three weeks away. 
uh, you know, Wildcat NIL. Um, you guys have a huge golf tournament coming up for the the K State men's basketball team, where the proceeds are going to support the K State basketball team. And uh, for those who haven't heard, maybe you could kind of, you know, for, once again remind folks about what that tournament entails and and how they can learn more and find out more information and maybe get signed up because I can tell you it sounds like one heck of a time. Yeah, of course. We're looking forward to it. So uh, Thursday, October 19th, so the, the Thursday before the TCU game, uh, we're hosting the, the inaugural for the Players Cats Classic out at Colbert Hills. Um, and all the proceeds will go to, toward, you know, NIL support for the men's basketball team. Um, it's going to be a really fun day, a, a unique opportunity for K-State supporters to both support the men's basketball team and also spend a day around the coaches and the players. Um, we're going to have a, a full day of activities. Uh, registration will start at 8, 8 o'clock. Shotgun start on the golf will start at 9.30. Um, breakfast, lunch, uh, after golf, cocktails and heavy hors d'oeuvres will all be included. Uh, there'll be a, you know, a, a quarter zip pullover that will be given to everybody there. There'll be all kinds of other giveaways. There'll be a whole prize on every single hole. Um, we'll have all kinds of fun stuff going on out there. I think we'll have a DJ on hole one playing some music and maybe some walk-up tunes. The band, I believe, is going to be out there in some capacity. I think some men's and women's golfers will be out there in some capacity. Um, so all that's, you know, going to be a great time. And then, and then after the fact, you know, we'll have the cocktail hour and the heavy hors d'oeuvres along with a, a brief live auction. where we'll be auctioning off some really cool items, some really cool one-of-a-kind experiences. And again, an ability to get some behind the scenes access into the program and also to support the men's basketball team and its NIL efforts, understanding that that NIL is really impacting uh, college basketball at this stage. And so we're doing everything we can to make sure that our team is, is well positioned to continue to be able to attract and retain talent. It's one of the uh, the really cool, unique events that I've heard about in the NIL space. And I just... I I mentioned to you the other day. I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if uh, the three mall crew could get out there potentially and uh, engage in some of the fun. Maybe knock out some interviews. Maybe be there on site, and uh, we'll see if we can make that work. Yeah, we're we're working toward that right now. So we're not going to commit or promise anything yet for you folks. Not that we're going to be a draw. Like let let's be real here. Jerome Tang, the men's basketball staff, and the players are the the real draw there, and all of the the great people like Curry and folks and cats and wildcat nil but uh you know we'll we want to be there just to take it in for the folks who can't be there you will be the you will be the medium that allows them to get some some behind the scenes feel so um yeah really hoping that we can get the three mile crew there to provide some some access for those who can't be there yeah which is more reason for you guys to get there actually so you don't have to you know sit there and listen to us you can just get on out there to the tournament and have some fun and uh kick back with the staff it just sounds like one heck of a time so encourage everybody that listens. If you if you enjoy golf, even if you don't enjoy golf, I don't think you need to, you know, you don't need to be good at golf by any means. This is just one kind of party to support the men's basketball team and is well worth the cause. And uh, will be one heck of a day. And as we mentioned before, it's uh, two days before the TCU football game. I actually, Curry, just talked to my wife about this tonight to make sure I had to go ahead to potentially make my way to Manhattan. And uh, I'm in the clear. Uh, I'm I'm off work that Thursday and Friday, and so I am going to get a jump start on the football weekend for the uh, the TCU home game that weekend. And I encourage many of you, if you have the opportunity, maybe you could do that too, and uh, just stay a couple extra days in Manhattan 
uh, get on out to Colbert Hills and have some fun. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing ever wrong with with spending a couple extra days in Manhattan. So, not in the fall, getting out there on the golf course in the fall. What is better than you know sixty, sixty five degrees, jacket weather, having fun, having a drink outside, playing golf with your buddies, and hanging out with Jerome Tang and the basketball staff, and knowing that you're supporting a great cause for a tremendous basketball program that's on the rise with Jerome Tang and staff. So, yeah, encourage everybody to get on out there and uh, check out that tournament. So uh, get on over to catsnil.com, by the way. That's where you can find out more information to sign up, register, or if you have any questions, you can certainly outreach to the great folks like Curry at catsnil.com. Curry, uh, crazy week weekend, really, just kind of taking in the, the Big 12 and some of the slate of games that have occurred. I, I, don't, I don't know if there were any really tremendous games, but... The Big 12 has been just such a wacky league. And as I mentioned earlier, when John D.Y. and I did our, our Patreon pod this morning, we're looking through the Big 12. We're trying to power rank this league. And outside of, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, and really K-State, it is hard to really figure out what this league is right now. Um, what, what do you make, maybe just at a high level initially, what do you make of the Big 12 so far through five weeks? Uh, that it's, it's a weird league. Um, it's kind of like what we've seen in basketball for so many years, except I don't think that the high, the high level, you know, the, the, the high level programs are there like we have in basketball year in and year out, but the league is from top to bottom, incredibly competitive. And I think we're going to see teams beat up on each other all year. Like we see each year in in the basketball conference. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, you could probably put Texas in a, in a tier of its own. Um, as much as I hate to say that, they have a really, really good football team, a really balanced football team. And Quinn Ewers is obviously who we thought he was going to be um, last year. And and so uh, he's taken a step. And with, with that, the team seems to have taken a step. And so I think you probably put them at a tier of their own. And we'll see on Saturday if, that's, if that is the case. And then I think right below them, you have Oklahoma and K-State. Um, and then below Oklahoma and K-State, you probably have... I don't know, KU, BYU, West Virginia, TCU. Um, that That's pro- maybe UCF. You probably have those five or six schools in there. And then toward the bottom, you know, you have Cincinnati, Houston, Baylor, Iowa State, kind of down toward the bottom. And Texas Tech is in one of those last two tiers. Um, it, it's a weird league. I mean, I, it, it's hard to say who, you know, who's going to be those teams at the end of the year that, that have, you know, eight, nine, ten wins. Um, five, six, seven wins in the conference. I, I think things just are things are bound to change so much week to week um, that it's hard to say what you know what things are going to look like come the first weekend in December. What do you make at TCU? Uh, they they lose at home to West Virginia, twenty four to twenty one. That's their second loss on the season. They dropped to three and two. Obviously, lost the season opener to Colorado. Colorado maybe getting a little bit of exposed exposed now as the, the season goes on. Though credit to them, they. They did come back and fight back against USC on Saturday. Uh, but that TCU team, it, it seems like maybe last year. I, I Look, I don't want to discredit anything that they did last year. But when Sonny Dykes was hired at TCU, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the hire. Um, I was pretty shocked with the success that he had last year. 
and now just kind of watching it, they, they, they lost a ton of dudes. So I'm not going to say that things aren't going to work out for Sunny Dykes at TCU. I, I think they can be a good program in the Big 12, especially in the future state. But as you look at the that this football team this year, I don't know if you had a chance to watch them against West Virginia at all, but what do you make of them so far in the season? Yeah, I think they're just they're just an okay football team. I think you know you could tell that it's it's surprising given that Chandler Morris actually beat Max Duggan out in the preseason going into last year, and that Max only took over because Chandler dealt with some early season injuries and never looked back. But you can tell that they're I mean that that in losing Max Duggan they lost the heart and soul of that team. In addition to Kenray Miller. Um, Quentin Johnston and a ton of other playmakers on both sides of the ball. That was a really, really good football team last year, um, and they lost a lot of key pieces. and And I think when you when you've seen them play against Colorado and and even SMU a couple weeks ago and West Virginia this last weekend, it, it's just it's just a middle of the road football team, um, kind of like a lot of the TCU teams we saw towards the latter end of Gary Patterson's tenure. They're going to be physical. They're going to have some athletes out there. But they don't look to have anybody who can really, you know, sway the game um, on one series or on one play. And I think that's a difference from what we saw with last year's team and just what Max Duggan brought to the table um, with his will to win every Saturday. So really surprised by that. I'm with you. I mean, Sonny Dykes was mediocre at Cal. He was okay at SMU. I think he caught lightning in a bottle to some degree last year at TCU. Um, And so I think it is fair to, to wonder if maybe a Sonny Dykes program with you know losing a lot of Gary Patterson guys has sort of regressed back to the mean a little bit. Uh, maybe a little bit too early to de- to definitively make that statement, but I do think this TCU football team is is a middle of the road Big Twelve team. Certainly do. Uh, that's the way it looks. Uh, you know when we thought about TCU coming to Manhattan on October twenty first, the way their schedule set up, I thought there was a good chance they'd be seven and zero. Their their back half of their schedule, those last four or five games, they were going to be underdogs in almost every one of them, but. I thought that was a team that might come into Manhattan close to the top 10. Overrated, overhyped, but the way their schedule set up, it certainly seemed that way, and they managed to drop two games. So it's hard to see them honestly winning more than six when you look at their schedule the rest of the way. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about the Big 12, and then we're going to get into the Oklahoma State game uh, when we come back from break. But first, got to tell you, as always, about our friends at Home Field Apparel. I just got a, uh, a fresh shipment in of Home Field Apparel gear over the weekend, a uh, couple new hoodies that have arrived, and I can tell you I, I would be rocking one tonight, but it's still a little bit too warm. But I am checking the forecast for this weekend, and notice we've got some lower 60s on the way, so uh, I'm going to wake up on some of those mornings, those 39, 40 degrees, and rock my Home Field Apparel hoodies. I can tell you guys it is super soft, super comfortable. I uh, cannot wait to wear it this winter, late fall here uh, when it's chilly out and uh, got retro logos, all the retro gear, Home Field Apparel has you stocked up and I've stocked up my closet with Home Field Apparel gear. So encourage all of you to get on out to homefieldapparel.com, support them as they support us on the show. They've got over 40 items of K-State apparel, shirts, hoodies, retro logos, a bomber jacket, lavender bomber jacket with Pennant Willie on their website, homefieldapparel.com, and we've got you covered in our discount code 3MAW23, and you will score 15% off with that discount code on your first-time order. All right, we'll be back with more with Curry uh, talking Big 12 and K-State football uh, when we come back from break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. 
Just search KC Sports Network. Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Curry, what did you make of the uh, the situation at, at KU with KU on Saturday at Texas. Did you have a chance to watch that game? And obviously the reports of Jalen Daniels came out just before kick that he hadn't warmed up with the team, was in the locker room trying to get treatment. And KU was right in that game, you know, late in the third quarter. Lance Leipold goes for a fourth and one, a decision that I agree with. Um, I think that's a move you need to make to show your team that you're willing to put it all on the line to win that game and didn't work out. And then things kind of snowballed and went the wrong direction for Kansas. But what do you make of that KU team with what you've seen so far? I, I think it's a good football team. Um, obviously, like most people, I was shocked when, when I, it, I, I wasn't closely following Twitter. So until Jason Bean lined up under center for the first snap, I thought, Did, was that Jason Bean? And then when he lined up for the second and the third snap, I thought, okay, something's up. And then I checked Twitter and saw what was going on. Um, and actually, before the game, I had noticed that the line had started moving more and more in Texas's favor and, and made a comment to one of my buddies. I said, the line is shifting pretty hard in Texas's favor. I wonder what the deal is. And, you know, stupid me, I didn't happen to hop on, on Twitter and give and check that out. But, um, you know, sounds like he was, you know, all systems go uh, Saturday morning. And then, you know, a few hours before kick started to started to feel some back tightness or some, you know, his back started to, to really tighten up on him. And, and obviously there's a pre-existing injury there. Um, and so, you know, gave it a go and, and just couldn't go. And I think obviously, as we've seen over, over last year and this year, 
they're they're a different football team uh, without him. And and that's not to say that Jason Bean isn't a serviceable quarterback, but but Jalen Daniels is a difference maker. He is a really really good football player, preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. I mean, for, that wasn't for no reason. Um, and, and so despite that, I, I was surprised to see them stick in the game so close for two and a half three quarters. Uh, there were several instances where they were within a score and had an opportunity to go down and potentially take the lead and just couldn't get over that hump. Um, but at the end of the day, that game was at least through two and a half, three quarters, was not as close as the score depicted. Uh, Texas really seemed to have control of the whole game but continued to sputter when they got in the red zone or got uh, on the KU side of the field. I think at one point, you know, they – six possessions in the red zone in a row and five of them didn't come up with a touchdown. Some odd statistic. They just weren't capitalizing on drives, not finishing drives. And eventually, as you said, in the latter part of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, uh, they started to finish drives and that's when they really, you know, distanced themselves from KU and put the game away. But I was from a, you know, from someone who is, is very much enjoys watching KU football lose. Um, I was I was surprised at how well they competed through three quarters despite not having their guy out there behind center. Yeah, no, I would agree. And you know, you mentioned I, I think KU hey, just got worn down as that Texas offense just continued to run the football against them. Texas ran it for four twenty seven last year in the game in Lawrence against KU. They ran it for three thirty six in this one and uh, just wore down that KU front and that defense and the heat down in Austin with running eighty six plays and on to see a Andy Koldenicki team uh, as an offense coordinator at Kansas go 0 of 10 between third and fourth down. So they just could not stay on the field long enough to get that defensive break or put up points. So uh, tough one for KU, obviously, but impressed they did hang around for a while. Weird, weird deal, and I'm not you know going to have us speculate on the Jalen Daniels stuff necessarily because it's medically related. It, it would seem odd that he doesn't come to the sideline to be on the sideline. I don't know how... How, how would you feel as a teammate, Curry, if you're in that locker room, you've been in the college football locker rooms, I'm not asking you to speculate on the severity of the injury or anything. Back, We know it was back-related from what Lance Leipold said, but if you have a guy that doesn't come out on the sideline for the game and just stays in the locker room with something like that, what how, how would you react to that or your teammates, you think? Yeah, uh, I, I think there's, there's two ways you can look at this. I think, you know, either something something drastic happened um leading up to the game i mean he's either got a serious serious issue that was that that would you know that that made it so that they didn't want to put him out there in front of a national in front of a national audience um or there's something you know there's some other extenuating circumstances at play here and i i think the latter is probably much more believable um than the former i think you see him you know, in photos carrying a large backpack going onto the field before the game. Um, and, and again, we've heard that there was an expectation that he was going to play. Uh, and so I, I, I it, there's obviously something going on there. And I think as a, as a player, I think not only would it be disheartening to learn right before kickoff that you're, that you're, you know, your starting quarterback isn't going to go, but then for him to stay in the locker room the whole time, I think would, would, would honestly infuriate me. Um, and I can recall when they came out of halftime and it's still a close ball game. I can't recall who the sideline reporter was, but she mentioned that, that Jalen Daniels gave an impassioned speech to the team at halftime and was really trying to rally the troops. And as a, as a player, 
if, if, you know, injury aside, because again, we don't know the severity, but if my quarterback who, who, you know, I'll use the term bowed out, even though that might not be the right one. If my quarterback, you know, couldn't play for whatever reason, and that decision was made very shortly before the game, can't come out on the field and, and ride with us during the game, but wants to give us some rah-rah speech at halftime behind closed doors, I think that would, you know, that, that would fall on deaf ears in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think guys would have a, a, a really hard time getting behind that message um, and, and, and unless, again, something drastic happened, which seems unlikely based on what we've been told or what we know. Um, and so I think there's 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 some circumstances that are at play behind scenes that we may never know. But it's certainly an odd situation. It's interesting. Yeah, the same reaction I did when I heard the sideline reporter say that on TV. I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I would not be taking a speech like that to heart if I was in that locker room. Uh, you know, it's one thing that he just can't play, you know, right. But if you can't come out on the sideline, you know, and be there to help coach up your guy, help Jason being on the sideline be there on the on the field and out there that that's that's what's so strange to me about it and you know i wouldn't you know probably it would fall on deaf ears if i was in that locker room probably if that were the case so just a, a weird weird deal hopefully everything's okay with Jalen daniels and he's able to get back out on the field he's obviously a, a very talented player and uh, th- that ku offense can be dynamic with him so uh well hey that's that's enough about the rest of the big 12 let's talk about k-state um Big one on Friday night in Oklahoma State. I can't recall the last Friday night game, Curry. I should have checked this. I, I feel like K-State played on a Friday night. Do you recall any Friday games off the top of your head? You're right. Didn't we play Baylor on a Friday night um, back in 2015? For some reason, I was thinking that was a Thursday, but it might have been a Friday. It might have been a, it might have been a Thursday. Um I think you're right. I think it was a Thursday. Uh, North Dakota State in 2013 was a Friday. Oh, that's right. Uh, but beyond that, I cannot, I cannot recall a, a single Thursday night game off the top of my head. Yeah, I remember K-State when the Ron Prince era, they played Louisville on like a Wednesday or Thursday night. Yeah. There was a weird, there was some weird scheduling, funky things back then. I'm sure I'm blanking on something they might have played on a another Friday night. But nevertheless, it's still a, a unique circumstance to be playing on a Friday night. We're seeing that trend more in the Big 12 with the the league expanding. There's going to be probably a Big 12 game every Thursday or Friday night. Last week it was BYU and Cincinnati that uh, played, I think, next Thursday. Houston-West Virginia play on October 12th. So that's going to become a thing. And this is K-State's chance on a Friday night. Uh, they're blacking it out in Stillwater. Um, they announced that it's a sellout. Now we'll see how many of those folks actually show up. But when you look at this Oklahoma State team, Curry, they came to Manhattan last year. They ranked number nine in the country. K-State absolutely dismantles them 48 to nothing. And since then, they're three and seven as a football program. And I think their their fans really, really became disheartened when they just got smoked by South Alabama and Stillwater a couple weeks ago and really didn't show a lot of fight. They, they lose 33-7 to to a good Sunbelt team in South Alabama, but, no, but nobody that should be coming into Stillwater and beating you by 26 points. What, what do you make of Mike Gundy's program? Do you think that Mike Gundy's kind of hit the peak? Um, and Stillwater and, and that program's probably going to I'm not going to say that he needs to be, you know, there needs to be a changing of the guard necessarily, but do you see him being able to get that program back on the right track in today's era of NIL and uh, the transfer portal? Because it seems like based off his comments publicly, he's not 
the most supportive or getting with the times when it comes to NIL and the portal? Yeah, I mean, he's easy. You know, he's got a choice to make. I mean, he's either got to, you know, dig his heels in and say he's not going to change, at which point the future doesn't look, you know, it looks pretty bleak or he's got to adapt. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's clear that, I mean, Mike, Mike Gundy has always been a little bit of a polarizing figure. Um, he's always had a way of sort of alienating both his fans and other and, and fans of other schools. But despite that, has always managed to field a really good football team year after year. And has managed to attract talent, keep talent there, and to put good products on the field. And and since last, you know, last October, when we beat him 48-0, it just seems like Mike Gundy has started to lose that team, you know, lose that roster, lose that locker room, and that program is sort of losing its luster. Um, it, it was really built up over the course of, you know, 15 or so years. And so I just, yeah, I, I think Mike Gundy, I think, could could regain that success. He could find that level of success again, but he's going to have to adapt. I mean, you're seeing it ac- across the country. Coaches that are adapting to the new, you know, to the new landscape are having success. And coaches like Mike Gundy and Dabo Sweeney who aren't are struggling. Um, and so, again, I think Mike Gundy has to make a change, but I do feel like He's probably lost the locker room to some degree, and he's probably lost some of the fan base. And it's really, really hard to come back from that. And so, I think you may see a, a you know, you may see an unfortunate ending to an otherwise pretty, pretty good marriage um, before too long. It was always a weird deal because even when Gundy was being successful, it felt like he was always there was infighting with either the athletic director at the time or Boone Pickens. Um, and then Gundy was flirting with other jobs and notorious for that. But then he ended up staying at Oklahoma State every time. It was like he kind of had one foot out the door, but never actually fully went out the door. And uh, look, he's he's been a highly successful coach at Oklahoma State. I don't think any of us are denying that. And, and could he rebound? Yeah, if he gets gets with the times again and changes, I, th- I think he has the capability and capacity to certainly do that. But right now, three and seven in their last 10 games. They're two and two. They're on a two game losing streak. I mentioned they lost 33-7 to to South Alabama. They lost at Iowa State um, right before the bye, 34-27. to So they were in that game in Ames, which is a little bit of a tricky place to play. We all know. Then they had the bye week just like Kansas State. So both teams have had a chance to, you know, maybe get healthy. Um, probably more important for Kansas State. We'll see if Oklahoma State's made some schematic changes. They're very frustrated with their offense, Curry. Uh, when you look across the board at that Oklahoma State offense, it's just – it's so weird to me because during the Gundy era, they've been so powerful on the offensive side of the football. And right now, they're one of the worst offensive teams in all of college football. I got the, they're 124th out of 131 teams in pass efficiency offense. They're 128th and the worst at all of the Power Five at 5.1 yards per pass, 9.6 yards per completion. That's also the worst among all Power Five teams at 125th nationally. 1.69 points per drive as an overall offense. It's 104th nationally. It's just a, a offense that cannot get anything going, and they, they've been playing three different type quarterbacks in games. What do you make of this Oklahoma State offense, Curry? I think they just they 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 lack you know they lack a guy that, you know at the most important spot. And I think you know it's it's crazy to think that in 2021 they were a couple plays away from potentially going to the college football playoff, and now they've just I mean things have absolute they've taken an absolute nosedive. And I think a lot of the identity of the Oklahoma State offense over the last several years was tied exclusively to Spencer Sanders, 
And Spencer Sanders wasn't the world's best quarterback, but for some reason, when he was on the field, that was always a, a better football team. And since he got hurt last year and left after the season, it just seems like they've totally lost their identity. And now you're seeing, you know, a revolving door of three different quarterbacks playing week to week or week over week. Um, and I just think there's just, there's just a lack of an identity from that offense. They don't have the playmakers that they used to. I mean, over the course of the last 15 years, they've always been loaded at running back and wide receiver. Um, you know, uh, Braylon, one of the, the Presley, Brennan or Braylon, whichever Presley brother it is, is a really talented receiver. And they have a couple of other guys out there who can make plays. But that's, they just don't have the same skill position rooms that they used to. Um, and, and, and I think that's been the case for the last couple of years. But somehow Spencer Sanders always was kind of able to meld that together. And it just seems like now that he's gone, that's all falling apart at once. Um, and you're and you're seeing them put a really poor product on the field offensively. Uh, you were on the team in 2013 when K-State had Daniel Sams and Jake Waters rotating in and out at quarterback game in and game out. Sometimes both would play in the same game. And we've talked about that before and how difficult that can be. But Mike Gundy has played three quarterbacks in all the games and has just went into the game with that plan. Like that they're going to give him all a shot. I mean, how challenging is that as an offensive player? You're trying to find an identity and you got three different quarterbacks playing. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to find a rhythm. I mean, and that's the case with the offensive line and, and the skill players. Every quarterback has its own flavor, whether they're the same style of quarterback or not. They have a different leadership style. They have a different command, you know, command in the huddle, um, different ability to, you know, to make to make changes at the, at the line of scrimmage and to read and react. And, and, and so... You know, changing two guys is is very very difficult. Changing three is impossible. It's just it, it's it's it, there's no way you can get a guy in a rhythm. And I think you've seen that at Oklahoma State. And I think you know the difference with a lot of instances where you see a two quarterback system, even like in 2013 with our group with Jake and Daniel. I think even despite some of the issues that were presented by the two quarterback system, we always felt like we could win a ball. We could win any game with the, with one of those two behind center. Um. I don't think Oklahoma State feels that way with their three quarterbacks, and I think it, you know, it, it shows based on the, you know, the product that they've been putting on the field. Um, that whether it's you know Mike or, or Alan Bowman or, or, or Gundy's son uh, Gunner Gundy, or whether it's the Wrangle kid, there's just not enough talent there in talent around those three individuals for them to feel like they can win ball games with those guys. I do think based on what I've seen, Alan Bowman is probably the is probably their best option of the three, and I think Mike Gundy would agree based on his comments today, but I don't think that they're that, that the players in that program probably feel overly confident in any of the three. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to go with Bowman to start this game. We'll see if he plays the entirety of the game, but Mike Gundy said on his coaches show that uh, he expects to start Allen Bowman. Bowman's averaging 5.1 yards per pass, throwing for 513 yards so far in the season. Six-year guy. Uh, had a good season at Texas Tech, but that was... 2018 or 19 it was a long long time ago then he transferred to michigan really rode the bench for a couple of years and then found his way back um into the big 12 and uh, at oklahoma state he's a guy that i would think k-state if they can bring a lot of pressure at him he's not an escapable type quarterback he's got a long injury history as well so uh i'm sure joe klanderman is uh, kind of licking his chops to and khalid duke in that pass rush and brendan mott and those guys to get after Alan Bowman. So with that being said, we don't have to dive into the defense full picture, Curry. I'm, I'm curious, just how do you think K-State 
stacks up against this Oklahoma State team? How do you feel about their their matchup against them going into Friday night? I feel really good. I mean, obviously, you know, this is this is a team that that we obviously had a lot of success against last year, and I think we've we've improved since then, and they've regressed quite significantly. I mean, if you look at a lot of the stats that you just rattled off, I mean, whether you're comparing you know offenses to offenses or offense to defense, um, you know, our 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 offense matched up to their defense looks like a complete mismatch on paper, you know, in 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 yards per play and in, in points per game, things of that. Need. I mean, I think they're giving up, they're scoring 22 points a game and giving up 23 And our, our margin, you know, an average per game offense first defense is a pretty substantial one. Uh, I think this is, this is a game where, you know, there, there's a huge discrepancy on paper. And I think if K-State can just go there and play a solid football game, we should have no issue getting out of Stillwater with the, with the win on Friday. I completely agree. Take care of the football, play smart football, and you're the better team and you should win this game. Don't give them hope either. You know, get off to a good start because you get down, you know, seven, 10, nothing. You let them hang around like Missouri, right? And then they started to sense a little bit of excitement because I was in that that parking lot in the tailgating scene at Columbia before that game and they were so down on Eli Drinkowitz as a fan base. Everybody I talked to and they weren't excited about that game, but then you gave them a little bit of life and they got excited as the game went on. So that's what K-State just needs to get off to a good start in this game, play solid football, and they should be fine and get off to a 2-0 start in league play, and then everybody enjoys a relaxing Saturday. Curry, were you you at the 2011 game in Stillwater when there was the earthquake? Were you on that road trip? I was, yep. I was a freshman that year. Um, Bizarre, bizarre game. I mean, you know, I mean, incredible football game. Just you know, with with the with the earthquake and I think Tyler Lockett ruptured his spleen, yes. severed his spleen that game, and and um it you know the Alan Chapman pick six on Brandon Whedon. I mean, Brand, or Justin Blackman absolutely went off. That was just a it was a crazy game. Yeah, just just back and forth, and you get you know you guys have the ball at the five yard line with a chance to to tie it at the end of regulation. I always wondered, I don't know if you had any sense, Curry, do you think Coach Snyder would have went for two at the end of that game? We were were absolutely going for two if we would have tied, if we would have scored that touchdown. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, that was an incredible Oklahoma state football team. And you know, there's always that, that thought that if you're, you know, if you're at home, you, you go for overtime. If you're on the road, you go for two. And, and in some ways that, that doesn't always apply, but in that instance, it absolutely applied. If we had an opportunity to get out, you know, steal steal a victory in that one, we were going to take it. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's too bad that, that basically time ran out on us. Agree. If I got Colin Klein and some of those guys on offense, that offensive line from two and a half yards out to just try and win the game versus trying to stop that OSU offense and overtime with a gassed football team, completely agree. I would take that. I just mentioned that game because – I've read, I went through the the history of games in Stillwater. K State's one in seven in Stillwater since two thousand two, and there has been a lot of heartbreaking games down there. Um, you know, they won the game in two thousand seventeen when Skylar Thompson went off and Byron Pringle did and won that yeah forty five to forty. But then every other game, it's it's basically been I think five of the games decided by seven or less. And you were also there for two thousand thirteen when Daniel Sams started that game and felt like. You know, there were there was definitely one fumble that wasn't a fumble that they didn't overturn, and that kind of swung the game. And you guys lose that game, thirty three twenty nine, but felt like y'all played them and uh, should have won that one too. So yeah. it's a Stillwater's a tough place to play. 
Um, I, I think, you know, I think I told you this previously. I think it was my favorite place to play. Uh, when they're good, their fans are incredibly rowdy. It's a great environment. Fans are right on top of you. I think, um, you know, again, this is a, like you said, we can't give them any hope. Uh, this is a team that has very, very little confidence right now. Um, and if, if you get up on them early, chances are they're going to, you know, they're going to quit. And so, it, and I will say, despite that, um, it, it, and obviously their crowd can play a factor. So we need to make sure that their crowd doesn't get in it and stay in it. But, but at the end of the day, this is not, this is not Missouri. Um, despite the flaws of Eli Drinkwitz and Brady Cook, um, their defense is nothing compared, you know, nothing compared to Missouri's defense. They don't have a Luther Burden who can absolutely turn a game on its head and some of the other playmakers that Missouri had. And, and you know, despite Brady Cook not being the world's best quarterback, I think Oklahoma State would dig Brady Cook at a heartbeat. So at the end of the day, you know, we felt confident going into Mizzou and felt like we could play a B or C ball game and win, and that didn't end up being the case. But but I think in this case, you know, we we just have to go down there and play, you know, play solid football and, and and we should be able to you know come out with a win and and you know make sure that this Friday night blackout game doesn't you know doesn't work against us yeah well that's uh we'll, we'll be here to talk about it next week on uh, on Tuesday to bring you guys the recap and hopefully we're talking about a K-State victory and a 2-0 start in league play Curry as always, appreciate you jumping on the show with us and doing this. Uh, encourage everybody to get on over to catsnil.com. Check out the website. Sign up for the membership program if you can. Join one of the many different tiering options that is available that we've told you about before and support K-State student-athletes. And definitely check out the men's basketball golf tournament at Colbert Hills scheduled for October 19th. Get an early jump start on that TCU home football game weekend. Head on out to Manhattan that Thursday and play in that golf tournament. All proceeds go to the outstanding K-State men's basketball team. It's going to be one heck of a time, as we talked about earlier. So get on over to catsnil.com. Uh, also, go go to homefieldapparel.com, support our sponsors there, and get on out to Holiday Distillery and support them as they support us. Curry, thank you so much for uh, for doing this again, and uh, thank you all for listening to another 3 Mile show. I'm Cole Manbeck. For Curry Sexton and for Nick Springer behind the scenes producing this show, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Three Mall. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 